We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in X's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody to another edition of the Rock Pile Report Podcast. I'm your host, Bill's season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. And in studios with us tonight, James Potter. Long time coming, man. <laughs> First time, long time? First time, long time, yeah. <laughs> the Godfather of your kid. Can't get on your podcast, though. I love that you're here, and we are here talking about Bill's Colts, recapping the weekend's preseason action ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers game. Uh it's funny because, Chris, by this point in the week, most people have already heard all the preview shit that they're, they're willing to, like, they're already listening to previews for the upcoming game. It's like, what do I want to hear about a recap? <clears throat> well, our, our, at least my best friend, Bruce Nolan, he's, his podcast is coming out tomorrow, so, I mean, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, depending on when you go to bed tonight, maybe this will be out by then. Um, I want to start tonight off with something. I, I've got this thing that's been burning a hole in my brain and I need to talk it out with some other people, fairly reasonable people. Saturday rolls around. Last Saturday, I get up, I go and I'm on my way to Home Depot. We got to hang a curtain rod in my living room. And I, I'm driving down the street. Now, if you guys are unfamiliar, Ridge Road in West Seneca, I'm driving down the road and they just opened a Burger King. They just opened a Burger King right next to a Wendy's. Wendy's. Literally, Potter, they could share a parking lot with a Wendy's. They are a quarter of a mile away from a Mighty Taco and maybe five-eighths of a mile away from a Jim's Steakout. Funny story. I think I came to your... I was going to your house before I realized that I was going the wrong way on the GPS. I was like, <laughs> man, this place looks awfully familiar. It's right by your house, right? Yes. Road. Yeah, I saw it. Right, I saw it. Right. So right by my house. I got excited to have Jim's Steakout when I leave, but it's too far now because there's another 11 minutes over here. <laughs> so so 
I'm I'm driving past this and I'm thinking to myself, first of all, why the fuck is this Burger King even here? This doesn't make any sense. This place is already saturated with fast food. And then I realize it's their grand opening party. Now it's Saturday morning. There is easily a hundred plus people standing in line for this fucking thing. To the point where there's people who brought chairs. Camping chairs with them to stand in line for the grand opening of a Burger King to have a shitty Whopper because the guy behind the counter doesn't know how to make it yet. Here's what I want to. So if you're eating Burger King, you obviously eat Burger King. You're a guy who eats at a fast food place. You're not just picking this day to stand in line with a hundred other dickheads to be like, this is the first time I've ever had this before. No, you're there because you've already tasted it and you've we all agree you like it. The concept of fast food is that it's uniform. You can get the same Whopper that you can in North Carolina that you get in Buffalo that you get in Wyoming. It's the same Whopper no matter where you go. Well, I mean, I guess maybe not wherever depending on how much how much over minimum wage you're paying the guy. <laughs> it may or may True. not have it may or may not have pickles on it this time. True. But realistically the sandwich stays pretty much the same. More or less how sloppy it is when you get it out of the wrapper. So there's a hundred plus people standing in line to eat the same bullshit that they've already eaten just in a new place. And so I'm like, like, I got mad about this because I'm like, what the fuck are we as a society doing? And then as I'm driving back, I see that the line has gotten a little bit longer. And so I Google it while I'm at the red light and I see that they offered free Whoppers for a year to the first hundred customers. So free sandwiches of the same sandwich you already know and already eat in other bullshit locations, but you're going to drive how far, what, for a free one? For a year. Chris, what are you willing to do for a free Whopper? Not much, but I <laughs> would assume that it's, you get a free Whopper, you can get it at any Burger King. You don't have to go to that specific location. So you're saying that this one, kind of like a Walmart, was just a magnet for white trash everywhere. No, yeah. and I know a bunch of people just heard that and I went, got, hey, what the fuck? I like Burger King. I got questions, though. Like, what's the year? How's it, how does that break down? Do you get one a day? Is it? Yeah. Do well, you that's it because you know they're going to be cheap Some bullshit. Like, yeah. You know there's some bullshit where they're going to make their money. Oh, yeah. You're going to die if you commit to this. <laughs> so they're like, we're good in, what, 10 years? Fucking should. Yeah. That's what I mean. This is like the Dennis, uh, this is like the uh, O'Leary bit about how, like, drugs. He goes, the, the answer isn't fewer drugs. It's more drugs. Just give them to the right people. It's not less fast food. It's more given to the right people. So here I am. I'm pissed off just about like where this is all heading. I don't know why it bothers me, but it just does. Like there's a million other things people. you could be eating, even people. fast food wise. And you're here for a free sandwich. You're going to stand outside for how long for a free sandwich? What is your time worth? And then. Like what our time friend, is it? So now it's about like 1030, 11 o'clock in the morning. It's the run-up to the game. And I'm thinking to myself, don't these people have anywhere better to be? And it fucking opens up. Torrential downpour. There's thunder and lightning. And I laughed. Chris, I'm in my kitchen pouring myself a glass of water. And when it just broke open, I'm howling <laughs> with laughter. And my wife has no idea why. <laughs> and I just looked. She goes, I know that laugh. It's, the, it's the bad laugh. Like you're, Whatever you're thinking about is mean. What is it? Chris, I'm happy that that happened to all those people. How, how much you want to bet at least five to ten of those people brought chairs that also have, like, the umbrella plug-in? <laughs> so they just <laughs> pop open an umbrella, 
sticking in, keep sitting and waiting for their Whopper. So my whole thing was as I'm going through this, I'm like, where do you know you have nothing else to do on a Saturday? Like there's nowhere else you could be not shopping, not building something, not learning a new skill. There's Bill's preseason football, and you're here. Instead of being at the stadium standing in line, you're here fucking waiting for a whopper? You would judge them less if they were getting drunk in the stadium parking lot. Yes. If you, you like, told me you were having fun. If you told me you were tailgating, and that's the worst part. My wife goes, that's not much different from being at the ta- you know, being outside waiting for the football game. There's a difference between Ralph Wilson and, I immediately and was Burger like, King. There is a huge yeah. difference between standing in line for that and standing in line to get into the stadium. And I will hear nothing different on the matter. Yeah, I agree. Our buddy, Dan- I won't stand in line for a fucking iPhone. No, I'm not standing in line for a whop. Remember when we were kids and they'd open up McDonald's? At least Ronald showed up. Like Ronald would be there. It and was cool. His creepy face paint and. And they always found, like, a dude who seemed too thin. Now, looking back at it, those guys were probably, like, some sort of homeless. But now it's like, how did you find them? Because <laughs> today you would just throw something on Indeed and be like, we need you for a day. Yeah, and some some guy. Back then, you had to, like, they had to find you. Do you like, know that there's, like, fairy tale princess services? They hired one for my co- my cousin's daughter's birthday. Literally, these like these women offer as a service. They dress up in cosplay and show up as Disney princesses to your birthday parties. There are mermaids. There's rental mermaid services. I, I doesn't. Yeah, but how do they walk? Who do we blame for this? Like, who do we blame for the fact that Chris, you used to have to dress the homeless to do these jobs, and now people are trying to make this a viable career? The internet. Yeah. <laughs> It's literally just the internet. The internet's ruined everything. Because it gives everyone everyone dumb an avenue to do something. And someone's going to like it. Someone's going to like it. Like like a podcast about yeah. the Buffalo Bill? Yes, exactly. Well, that was drinking Montucky cold snacks. Well, cheers. cheers, sir. Cheers. I appreciate that you're here. I appreciate that we are also losers on the internet talking <laughs> Yeah, but at least we're talking about football and not waiting for a Whopper. Somebody's probably got a podcast about, I waited for a Whopper. Oh, show me that. You know what? I'd listen to that podcast. They got a video blog. <laughs> oh, my God. Like those idiots from the horror movies when they're like, I'm going to go do this. <laughs> then it downpoured. You could hear Drew laughing in the background. <laughs> That's the laugh. <laughs> Guys, this is our uh, preseason game week one recap. Bills 23, Colts 19. I've got your stats of the game right here. Uh, Anthony Richardson, 7-12, 58.3%, 67 yards, no touchdowns, one pick, a 39.2 passer rating. I want you to keep that in mind. Bills penalties, 8 for 59 yards, three first downs by penalty given away, two pass interferences in the end zone. James Cook, 20 yards, 5 Five yards per attempt and one touchdown. Right tackle Ryan Vandermark, and well, he's listed as a right tackle. He played both. Ryan Vandermark and Brandon Shell, 43 pass blocking reps, four pressures, one hit, and one sack allowed between the two of them. Osiris Torrance, right guard, starting right guard, 13 pass blocking reps against starters, no pressures, no sacks, highest rated pass protector, and eighth best run blocker. Andy Isabella, 3 for 3, 42 yards, 2 first downs. Khalil Shakir, 2 of 3, 25 yards, 1 first down and an ugly drop. Damar Hamlin, no targets, 3 tackles, 2 solo run stops, 1 behind the line of scrimmage for a loss that forced an eventual failed fourth down conversion. 
Has uh, Michael Thomas hit the field yet? <laughs> Michael Thomas? Yeah, for the Saints. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Michael <laughs> Thomas. Well, you know... He was good that, once, right? Well, no, that's the joke. De- DeMar Hamlin literally died on the yeah. field and then got back on the field before Michael <laughs> Thomas. You didn't see that? No! Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God! This is why you need to answer text messages. I don't text you because I'm like, ah, he won't answer anyway. It's fine. I love that that's I a, died oh, when I saw that. that we're we're going to talk no about that. No pun intended. I died when I didn't. <laughs> I love the fact that Tamar Hamlin was back out there. Bro, Not he, just back out there because it's like he it's threw one, a shot. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, he, he didn't care. It's one thing to go out there and be like, okay, I'm here and I'm going to. Like Takeo Spikes talked about coming back from an Achilles tear. And he said that. Even for the first season after his Achilles tear, he wasn't. He goes, I was just hesitant. I was scared to really lay into things. He goes, I was playing scared. Mm-hmm. And it hurt me in my production. And then the Bills released me. And I ended up playing in L.A. Well, San Diego at the time. Mm-hmm. Wanted to going to San Diego. And so, like, if you think about that from just a soft tissue injury. He played that season before he tore it with it half torn. Yeah. He knew it was going to go. He knew it was going to go. Someday. So the thing it's was, it's terrifying. like, <laughs> imagine the hesitancy that that injury caused. This guy almost fucking died. Yeah. Almost died. And he's back out there just throwing blows. Make it, knifing in behind the defensive line and just bringing down a ball carrier from behind oh, yeah. to save the forward progress. It was awesome. It was fast. Out of it a, was ins- shot out of a rocket. It was, you know, all the, you know, everybody's giving all these platitudes and stuff like that. It wasn't just the fact that you played. That alone took balls. Mm-hmm. It's the way he played and executed. Just knifing him behind the leg. Like I said, that play right there, that, that's the aggression you have to be a safety with mm-hmm. or else you can't play. There's zero hesitation. That's it. You got to shoot. It's like you got a gun, you got to shoot. But I can't speak for him, but it's like, I feel like there's two people in that situation. One, you're either terrified that'll happen again, or two, you're like, that'll, the odds of that happening again in football. Well, and that's, I mean, like lacrosse, it happens. You hear it in high school lacrosse a couple times a year. Somebody gets hit in the chest with a ball wrong time and it happens. But like, Chris, I think I made this analogy last week. I don't know, but it was like the time that we did Davini's roof out in South Buffalo. It's literally almost a. I mean, it's not even a 45-degree angle. It's probably it's steeper than that. 60. Because those those houses are made to be tall and like close together. The Tiff Street house, right? Yeah, yeah, so those roofs are steep. Yeah. And we had no safety equipment. What do we know? We're just up there doing a, a friend's roof who needs it done. And I remember before we went up there, I had the speech with everyone. I said, guys, two things. One, you see somebody fall, don't be a hero because we don't need two people in the hospital. Two, if you fall, don't be a dickhead and grab the guy next to you because we don't need two people in the hospital. So sure enough, I'm the guy who falls. Of course. And I'm sliding down this newly peeled off cedar shake roof and there's no one who can help me. I'm on my own. I'm like, and everyone on the ground is like, Doug says he remembers thinking like, I'm I'm finally going to watch Drew die. Like, it's been a while, but I'm finally going to see it. I would have been shocked. I'd have been like, this isn't how he goes. This isn't how Drew. It's like, he goes to some epic disaster. Not just, oh, he fell off a roof like an idiot. And I'm sliding and I'm trying to create as much friction as possible. And my heels catch the gutter. And it just like kicks the gutter off the house, but it saves me. And I kind of 
walk back up to my feet and I'm I'm good and I get my hammer and everything else and I'm coming down the ladder and everyone goes, you know, comes running over to me, we're talking about it, I'm drinking my water and Divinity's going, dude, you don't you don't have to go back up there. Like we got other guys coming later today, then go help and I'm climbing back up because I was like, Well the worst thing that could happen to me in this scenario did. I know what I did wrong. And I'm still <laughs> fucking here. Which just gives me this irrational confidence that guess what? I'm bulletproof. I'll be back. I was going back. I thought I told you the story. Clarence mowed my backyard. My neighbor, shout out to Clarence, he's a man. Mowed my backyard, but it was so long because my mower was busted for a hot minute. He all he did was mow go bills, <laughs> which is like I appreciated like however much space that was that he mowed for me. But I was okay. like, you troll. But anyway, I had to take a picture, so I get up on the deck and I stand up on the ledge and I take a picture. Lex, I was like, oh look what Clarence did. Lex is like, you got to get on the roof do that i was like i'm getting on the fucking roof are you crazy she's like well i'm getting on the roof i'm like well no you're fuck not you i'm if going to the roof if you're gonna get on the roof then fuck you i'm getting on the roof god damn it so i put up the ladder i get up there right not thinking anything of it because we got to we're going wherever we were going i'm wearing fucking hay dudes <laughs> so like getting up to the peak getting to the peak was money like i was like oh this is nice this isn't as bad as i thought it was take a picture i take like half a step backwards to get back down i was like oh no <laughs> oh no now you're like it's like the movie uh, it's like the movie free solo you're trying oh, to yeah. come, you're trying to come down with no grip yeah so when i finally get to the ground my legs bleeding because i just literally attached myself to the roof my one side of my shoe is completely blown out because it's just been <laughs> rubbing, rubbing the top of the roof the entire time. I get down. She's like, "Oh, it's a you know who hasn't looked at that picture since her. Either of us, no one cares. It's like in the moment you're like, oh, I gotta get a picture. And you, I just like that everyone has a bad roof story, Chris. I feel like I need to frame. You have that. a bad being on the roof story. No, I don't. Because do he's like, I don't go no, on roofs. No, because no. I'm not an idiot. No, but so good for Demar Hamlin. Like that made me happy to see. Not not just the fact that he was out there, but the way that he played. I also spent a lot of time watching the offensive line, and I got to tell you, Vandermark and Shell. I saw Anthony Prohaska from uh, Cover One, you know, disguise coverage. If you listen to his podcast, tweeting out like, "Oh, look at this rep from Vandermark," and I go, "Yeah, one." He had, like, one or two really encouraging reps. Otherwise, they reminded everybody just how badly the Bills need Spencer Brown to look like a starting right tackle this year. Those stats at the top of the show, I mean, holy fuck, Brandon Bean, your right tackles, woof. What? Like, they had a good moment here or there, but... A lot of mediocre tape against backups. Mm -hmm. How many pressures and sacks can your tackles allow... Before you call that a bad game. It was honestly the only thing to watch when the ones were out, because most of them weren't. So it was, watch the line. It went poorly watch enough, Brandon Shell retired. Cook made him look good the first drive. Sure. Brandon Shell retired following that game. What does that tell you about what he thought about his performance and what he has left in the tank for NFL football? He's a weak individual. He didn't quit halfway through, though. <laughs> That well, is. he didn't wait until halftime. <laughs> he is. didn't quit at halftime, so I give him credit for that. You know what? I hope wherever Vontae Dave, uh, Devontae Davis is, uh, I hope wherever he is, every time we bring that up, it's almost like the voodoo doll thing. Like, there's just like a prick at the back of his neck, and he's like, ah, what is that? You know his boys roast him for that. You better. Even, like, who cares? They Someone bought, better, or he, else I'm going to start. You I'm know he hooked him up for years during his career, but at the end of the day, like, we go to a bar, you have a beer, I'd be like, listen, we're not leaving. I'm going to find out yeah. where he lives and just start mailing him Christmas cards. 
ripped in half <laughs> or something. Half. Like, I'll, I'll only fill it out halfway. Yeah. Just what an idiot. So ultimately, I looked, I looked at that and I think to myself, when Dave Questenberry got re-signed by the team, there was a lot of Bills fans who either shrugged at the move or who openly complained about, oh, my God, we're bringing back this guy. He sucks. I hope you were all paying attention to the line on Saturday, okay? I hope you were all looking at that tackle room because I'll tell you what. Yes, the team brought in a lot of veteran talent. We tried to cultivate as many guys on the roster. Chris, if you want to put up the depth chart real quick. As many guys who had NFL experience as possible to make up the depth chart. Like when you look at the tackle positions, Brown, Tommy Doyle, Vandemark. Then you look at it, it's Dawkins, Questionberry, this Gourage, who I, I guess he's an undrafted free agent. We didn't draft him. Or did we? I don't even fucking know. No, no, it would say what round, if that was the case. So you brought in these tackles, but you tried to find... I don't know. You tried to find veterans for your offensive line to flesh that out, but you were doing it on the cheap. So I get it. That doesn't mean that every new person they bring in is immediately going to be better than what you already had. Questenberry started seven games at three different positions last year. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry for all the fans who got their hopes up thinking one of these young guys, or for the people who are so bored that they're reading all the preseason scouting reports and going, oh man, that Vandermark guy. Or, oh man, you know, maybe Brandon Shell, maybe he can push for a... Shut up! Boo, this is why the preseason is terrible. Because Dave Questenberry isn't going anywhere. He knows the system. He knows the system. He They trusted him to start. These guys are guys who they got on the cheap. And you can wish and hope that they somehow unseat a guy who you see as mediocre. But I'll tell you what. In the NFL, being mediocre is still better than most of the guys wishing they were in the NFL. Yeah, and when you're in a window... Some people want to say we're not. I think they're absolutely crazy. Like, how are we? Like, what are we not making the playoffs this year? Exactly. Either, either way, though, when you got it, when you're in a window, how many times are you going to have some young guy when you're like, okay, young buck, go prove it? And they but also, it. if you fuck up, it might be our ass. Well, because we got to go against the Chiefs. We got to go against the Bengals. We got to go against like, don't they're, let it be that game. You get one week, week one against Aaron Rodgers and an offensive line that has no fucking clue what they're doing yet. And, well, and then you but against a defensive line that's fucking ferocious. Oh, yeah. So you know oh, that yeah. week one is going to be one of the stiffest tests that you're going to see all season. And you're walking into that with this offensive line going, what, you hope Vandermark is the guy? Like, the, the, a guy, even that you're talking about in your rotation? Look at our D-line. I, Not to take you off the O-line, no. but like, I was looking at, like, we got like eight dudes. Oh, dude. It's, we have like eight dudes that you can rotate in. And who rotates all line? Nobody. And the funny thing is that we could rotate tackle. Leonard Floyd had eight sacks last year. That's sexy. It, it is you, sexy. You're saying that I'm pitching a half. It is sexy. I'm thinking about it. Because Vaughn had eight. He played 11 <laughs> games. If, if you have more, Epinesa had six and a half. Played like, what, 11 or 13? I can't remember. God. But, dude, it's like if Epinesa can take that half step. I'm getting, I'm getting you on ha- defense. Half, half step. Fucking. Taking <laughs> over the pod. Hey, listen. <laughs> no, this is what Chris used to say. Well, you're not Travis. Time. Oh my God, Travis! Sh- shout out to Travis! Fucking, it's not his fault. Mr. Wingfield? He, no, no, he was just a no. young kid. Oh, was he the fifteen-year-old? No, 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 no. That's, <laughs> Chris. That's no, that's uh, that's Kyle Faye. I, 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 I digress. See, look, at, you've been a long-time listener. I love this shit. 
What I'm looking what? at though is no, that you do have rotation 20? depth at tackle because you've got Tommy Doyle, or at least you did. Holy shit! Thank God that he's okay right. and that they think it's a mild injury. Like he looked really good. I'm here. I'm here, Potter, watching the game half in the bag, like rewatching it. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, let's make notes. I go, Tommy Doyle looks really fluid pulling across on a run block. It was one of the better plays I've seen a tackle make for the Bills in a while. Because in order to do the thing, like if you're going to backfill Spencer Brown and you don't want to have to change what you want this offense to be, that tackle has to be kind of an athlete. Mm -hmm. Tommy Doyle was drafted in that same draft class as Spencer Brown. And you could see the idea. They drafted three tackles, and they said, "Listen, you're all giants, and you're all you all have astronomical RAS scores for being tackles. Your athleticism for being six foot six is off the charts." Mm -hmm. You saw it on this play where he comes across the entire formation and boxes out a guy so that the running so that Latavius Murray can slip off his shoulder, off his hip. And it's just like that's the that's what Tommy Doyle's value is. It's his upshot, mm -hmm. and he's raw, and was always going to be a project. But you see why they like him, and then he immediately gets hurt again. Mm -hmm. It's like how unlucky knee, right? is one fucking dude? Knee, right? Yep, rolled up on the same knee that he hurt before. Now they say that it was not a serious injury. Chris, I think they categorize it as a bruising. Sure, but Jesus, we need him on the field making plays and making his case to maybe be that swing tackle because Dave Questenberry will be the veteran presence, and I am, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I still want me a Tommy Doyle between the end of this year and the start of next year under contract where I know I can trust him to be, at least at a minimum, a more athletic version of the, what Questenberry is. Mm -hmm. Especially with Because we need better. Yeah, well, especially with having Cook in the backfield now, you want to do those athletic plays. You, you, want, the, you want the guards. Like, if you can get the guards to pull, great. You get... If you can get a if you can get a guard and a tackle out for you, space, great. But I think back to that. Uh, who was the? What was the touchdown against the Jets where Spencer Brown is like thirty yards downfield, just leveling people? That's a dynamic to your offense that very few teams can replicate, mm -hmm. and it gives you a lot of options. A lot of great individual running back performances in this game, but a lot of it. <laughs> I don't know. I think it credits the backs more than you said this earlier. Yeah. The backs made the blocking look really good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I, I thought our O-line was killing it after that first drive. I was like, all right, here we go. Like, this is what Josh, Josh is on the sidelines. Like, let's fucking, let's do it, fellas. And then, and then it went the way you thought it was going to go. But yeah, well, I, I, at the same time, it's the first week, it's the first game. What I liked was seeing how fast Cook is in the red zone. Mm -hmm. Like, for those of corner. you, for those of you understanding nuance, like, they're running to the weak side of the formation. They've got tight ends out there, but I guess if you're talking about a speed play, you almost by design would rather run that to like, especially when you're on the left hash, you want to run that to the strong side of the formation because you have so much more field that mm -hmm. your running back speed will change the angles of pursuit enough that those guys can't touch him. I mean, that's why Lamar Jackson gets away. Mm -hmm. It's why Devonta Smith was what he was in college, because guys just couldn't... His speed was too much for the angles of pursuit you had to take to catch him. Mm -hmm. In that one play, running to the short side, Cook just blew the doors off everybody. The moment he hit the line, he knew he was in. That's it, because he was so Gone. fast that that safety had no time to adjust his angle, 
and he was going to beat him to the pylon anyway. Mm-hmm. Even if there wasn't good blocking. It gives me hope. That's what I'm saying. It gives me hope. Because you can't tell me if Josh didn't have a respectable play action. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not looking for a dude to run for 1,500 yards, 1,300 yards. Like, dude, give me a give me a grand. I think it's why I was... Give me a, little... a respectable G and... I think it's why I was disappointed to see that Harris didn't play. Mm. This Harris injury is really fucking bumming me out about the structure of our running back group because Murray showed he still has a little pop, but how long do you have that for? That's another one of those things where, like, six weeks in, you're going to be going, oh, man, look at him going, and then by week 14, you're saying, you know, we're giving Murray these carries, and they're just not as productive. Yeah, because he's 33. Was he getting a lot of carries, though, when he was being productive the last couple years? I feel like he they, was splitting a lot of time, but so maybe like, that helps preserve whoever him. was ahead of him. I feel like got hurt at least last year, or the year before one of the two. Well, he was in Baltimore last year and he was their most year. productive running back. J.K. Dobbins gets hurt. Yeah. They, Tell me about it. Uh, I don't know where else. I think he also played for the Broncos and I believe they had an injury, which is how he got on the field. So was, there's was it the Saints the year before. Latavius Murray has played. Chris, why don't you pull up Pro Football I just, Reference? I, just, Show us I remember him just being a productive, short yardage, like, got it done with what you needed. He wasn't going to give you anything more, but, like, you got the ball on the four-yard line. You can hammer it three times with him, maybe, if you want to. And I just like the fact that in, Josh. The, I like in the open field. Okay, so Oakland, yeah. Minnesota, New Orleans, Baltimore, Denver, New Orleans. Yep. Yeah, where's those tutties? 2016. He had five, five and 19, four and 20. He had six touchdowns for the last six three last seasons year. in a row. I mean, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right. Like, All right. All right. Respect. Respect. Like, you ain't the Respect. guy. You ain't the guy, but for a play, you can be the guy. For, <laughs> well, for, for a five, game, six carries. a spot start here, like, you, you do well enough. And if you look, his yardage is just about the same as it was at the beginning of his career. Listen, I'll take four, five, four, two a carry all day. I mean, when you're talking, but, but look at this, 160 attempts. Like, we're not a football team. Our, our leading rusher, Chris, give it a <coughs> Goog. Day, uh, what was the Bills last, pull up Bills pro football reference and just look at Devin Singletary. Whatever his rushing number was, like his number of carries was, we were, he was the 30th, like he was 30th in carries in the NFL. He was our leading rush runner. He was our de facto running back one. <laughs> 17 more carries. What do you have, 177? Yeah. So the <laughs> reality, look at his, like his averages are awesome. So now what's going to happen is you're going to insert all of these running backs into a position that just doesn't get the love. Mm-hmm. That's cool. They're situationally useful if they can execute. I just, I don't know. I, I wish this game, the, the, that was a day where I wish I had seen Damian Harrison. It doesn't sound like he's going to be ready to go. This week either. The the one saving grace of this before we switch to the defense, Torrance looks like a starter. He does. Torrance looked good. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a reason Bates was that second team center. I think what the team is finding is that for as much as you go, hey, you played Daquan Jones and it didn't look good. You played Ed Oliver and it didn't go well. Those are two guys who pass rush pretty well. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of teams that have a Daquan Jones and an Oliver and a Puna Ford. And, and you go, wait a minute. When you look at pass rush win rate for defensive tackles, we have collected a bunch of them. So it's not as big of a deal as long as it's steady. Now there will be games. Like I, I question there. I'm they're talking about starters. I'll be interested in playing against Pittsburgh. I'll be interested to see if he's out there 
because the concept of him going up against their starters, their defensive line has been good and will always be good because it's in their DNA. They've got Cam Haywards. They've got uh, High Smiths. They've got these guys, Watts. They've got pass rushers for fucking days. Listen, you got a coach that's not going to deal with that bullshit either. No. At the end of the day, like. So what, and, and you know they're talking about it. They're they're at practice right now going, they're going to play starters and starters. If that kid's out there, Torrance, he's, he's a weak link we want to look at. I'm interested to see what he looks like because so far he passed the litmus test this past week, both in run blocking and in pass protection. I expect pass protection to take a step back. I'm just scared about what happens when it does while Josh Allen's behind center. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's like, the whole thing. I would rather have that happen. Like, I wonder if they don't start Bates just because they're like, okay, Josh is in. Bates at least has been here before in these types of contests. Let's roll that out here, and then next week we'll give Torrance. Or we'll split it. Bates will take the first half once Josh gets settled in, knows where the pressure's coming from mm-hmm. a little bit, can kind of feel how the line's playing today. Then we'll put Torrance out there and see if he can hold it. <laughs> It'll I, be interesting. Chris, wouldn't that be a smart move? Yeah. I mean, I'm not crazy, am I? No, I don't think you are. I mean, at the end of the day, like, what questions do you have about our football team? Offensive line, middle linebacker. Yeah. Safeties are money. Corners are deep. D-line, don't even have to talk about that. Well, so we're gonna, because it's one of my fucking highlights of the day. Well, yeah. But, but so you're right. To your point, like, this is one of the There's few only a things. few holes. And you go, Except well, that I want one s- hole will kill Josh Allen. <laughs> but, and that's it. I want to make <laughs> like, sure that this one hole doesn't kill our entire season. Yeah, exactly. So the defensive line was a fucking thing of beauty, and you are correct. I, now, I have a question, though, and it it's Boogie Basham. I've been wrestling with this ever since I watched the game. A great performance. Mm-hmm. Great performance. He's the one I was looking at when I was checking over the depth chart. Just to, who do I want to talk about? Here, you're getting a Utica club. Oh. Yeah, John, John A. John Capelli. <laughs> Johnny, the old 24 beauty. packs that come in a cardboard box. Him and Fish Market Mike. Oh. His name, his fantasy team's Fish Market Capelli. That's amazing. Yeah. So, Basham comes out, makes an impact against fringe starter slash backup level talent. Here's the question I want to ask both of you: Did he make a case for the roster, or did he just improve his trade value? I think he made a case for the roster, Chris. It's one game. Who is this? Boogie, Boogie Basham. Basham. I mean. Depends. What did he do more of? He made a play. Didn't well, he? let me ask you. I'm a, let me. Plays. I'm asking about this. He is on his rookie deal. Yes. So does that mean he gets cut? Well, you don't cut that guy, and that's that's kind of the. Does the Jay Skursky know this? <laughs> no, fuck that. Hack. What would you get for him though? Like a six, maybe. I or you just go go for the seven and Jay if you're out there. Or if someone goes, hey, these guys keep saying fuck Jay Skursky. I don't mean this personally. I just need you to stop crying about things and take some constructive criticism. Like, don't don't just turn on people when they because if I correct your work, I'm not being a dick about it. I mean, I could be, but I wasn't net. Chris, that whole scenario is hilarious to me. Yeah. Well, so, so you're talking about cutting a player with term left on his contract? You'd mm-hmm. never do that as a GM. Not unless you have to. No, not what? not unless the guy slept with your wife. Who'd he hit? <laughs> well, yeah. Like, like, what did he do? Uh, someone needs to tell Jay Skursky at the Buffalo News that, but he's mad at me. For this is why it's nice living in Rochester, because I just don't get that. 
don't. We had Bob Matthews, and he got ousted forever ago. He got ousted. He might even retire. Yeah, you have Sal Mariana. Sure. My goal is to get him on the podcast one day. Just be like, hey, remember the time I called you a horse's ass on Twitter, and you just had to respond, um, thanks? I was like, I was agreeing with you. And he still, responded. It was a, yeah, yeah. It was a backhanded compliment. I go, sales a horse's ass, but he's right about this. And he's like, uh, thanks, guys. Question mark. Welcome. This is Drew Gear. <laughs> this is how I roll. This is, this is how Drew talks to everybody. You get no compliment without a backhand. <laughs> so this is what I look at. Outside of the COVID year, Brandon Bean has made it. Because well, in COVID, they blew up roster sizes. Mm-hmm. Basically, didn't make you cut anybody because they didn't know how often players are going to be in and out of the lineup, and they wanted everyone to be able to feel the team in the event of an emergency. So every year besides that, Brandon Bean, as long as he's been GM, has made at least one trade before roster cut down day. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every year. Interesting. He goes, hey, I can find value here, whether it's for a fifth-round pick, a sixth-round pick. So I think Boogie's that guy. Well, here's what I see. You've got a log jam at the position. You've got guys who have produced historically more than him in the regular season against actual competition. And then the, the biggest problem, and Chris, if you want to flip over to the Our Lads page, just so you can... As I'm speaking, Potter, feel free to jump in if you think I'm out of line with anything I'm about to say. Here's the roster in front of you. Cornerback. Great depth, but as one anonymous GM just this past week told Pete Prisco over at CBS Sports, the belief in terms of roster building used to be that you built the defense from the defensive line first and then out to the secondary. Now... A lot of roster builders think cornerback, because it's so hard to figure out, is the piece you nail down out of the gate, and then you then you look at the D-line, right? A lot of roster builders think that, and this team is one of those where we have amazing depth at cornerback. So there's nobody in that room that you're voluntarily giving away unless you have to, for anything. It wouldn't matter what they came to you with. You want to know that you have... You have a Kyrie Elam who everyone argues should be, you know, that's the big argument. Should he be starting? Well, where should he be? The fact that you have this athletic specimen who can grow into a role and a burn, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, fucking, where, where is he here? Benford. You have a Benford who you stole in the late rounds who actually started a bunch of games and looked good for you last year. Oh, by the way, you have an all pro on the other side of the field, and Dane Jackson, who for some reason plays just well enough that you can never count him out. Mm-hmm. Th- that's a great problem for an NFL football team to have. Any team. Doesn't that's matter what. Excellent problem. 
linebacker. Only a couple of them could be O linemen. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So linebacker. So so you could make it. Probably the move. So this is the thing. Huh? Linebacker, painfully shallow. You can't afford any losses there. So you're not trading that position. Safety and tight end. Not enough depth to sacrifice anyone at those positions. No, especially with Hyde coming back. Poyer got banged up. Wide receiver. Maybe you can move a piece like Shakir if by the end of the preseason he hasn't really figured out where he fits in. But given the lack of in-season experience, the return for a player like that's probably pretty minimal. Mm -hmm. You're not getting much back. And I don't know what, conditional sevenths? Where'd we draft Boogie? Like fifth, sixth, second. Like we took him in the second Shut round. Up. One, one pick ahead of All Pro center uh, Creed uh, Humphrey. Creed Humphrey, that the Kansas City Chiefs just got to walk into. I remember you wanting Creed Humphrey so bad, yep. and then we drafted Epinesa. No, right? no, no, no. I wanted, bashing. I wanted Dobbins, and okay. then we took fucking Epinesa, okay. and then I wanted fucking Humphrey, and we took, we took Basham in the very next pick. Didn't you like Boogie though? I feel like you weren't that mad. You were like, I wasn't mad. I liked him. And then I saw Creed Humphrey go there, and I was like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" I shut it. I was literally dealing with my second COVID shot, and I just fucking (laughs) my ass cheeks hurt for no (laughs) reason. Like we're sore for no reason, and I just shut the TV off and fucking fell asleep out of rage. And then like there's no one there. Like I, I don't know. So. If Bean wants to keep this trade streak alive, it's probably going to have to be alignment of some kind, offensive line or defensive line. Like that, those are the only positions you can sacrifice any depth on this roster. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like who among them have any value? Well, Epinesa is going to head to free agency next year. He's a rental if you trade for him. But Basham's a player who, if he does well, he has term. He has term left. And that makes him a cost-controlled asset for another team who gets a look at him and goes, you know what, our DNs aren't, aren't deep, and they're also not very good, and we think we could groom this guy into being something by next year. The Rams always like defense. I'm just saying. <laughs> and so then the question is, <laughs> like is it's like, hey, too, if, so. you could, if you could find a team that might be desperate due to injury by the end of the preseason, you say, listen, I give you a cost-controlled player who's just been balling out for three straight games. He's got a bright future. We just don't have room on a, ta- on a championship roster full of veterans. We don't have room for him. And, oh, by the way, you seem to have, like, a pretty decent backup tackle over there. And sometimes we give away all pros like Wyatt Teller, so worth a shot. <sighs> Worth a shot. That's a fucking sore spot. Second, yeah, that hurt. second round draft pick. He's balling out. That hurt, Potter. Maybe he's the next white teller. Well, and I like the fact that... That still that, bothers me, though, because that's what we need, man. That's what we need. It. Not, yeah. Not so much now. I don't know how he's doing, but... Beyond that, beyond just Boogie Basham's performance and whether or not he's a trade piece, <clears throat> the whole D-line showed off. Like, oh, we yeah. wrecked that. But that's what you want to see. It was, Chris, we rotated down into four... Like, my favorite thing was watching them fail on their fourth down conversions. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> the third and three or whatever it was, we well, just stuffed them at the line. They're like, we'll go for it on fourth. Nope. I, I like the fourth and one, and you got negative yards. Like, that's the thing. It's that not like, even... They don't even bring the chains out. They're like, nah, you didn't even get back to the line. Like, it's preseason, boys. We ain't doing this. We stacked you up. It's just one of those things where this is what the depth of this team is. When you're talking about Tim Settle maybe being your worst defensive tackle, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. When you're going up against the Colts, who are hot garbage, right? So two They have Quentin Nelson. So when you're a team... How bad do you feel for Quentin Nelson? Oh, poor son of a bitch. Oh, speaking of the Colts and hot garbage. Hang on. 
Okay. Let, let's finish this point here. Defensive, <laughs> defensive. See, this is the beauty of podcasting. Defensive line. Everybody rotated and everybody got stats. Like if I pull up pro football focus and you just look at the pressures and the sacks and the tackles, I mean, it was pretty impressive the way we stacked up. I think 19 pressures, four sacks, 19 (laughs) pressures, 19 pressures in a game, four sacks. And uh, it was like so many quarterback hits. And it was just fun watching that against a team where you go, you know what? These are our backups. We're not even playing. Like Rousseau, they had the one bad rep where their tackle got him. Mm-hmm. He got the best of them. Otherwise, Rousseau ate that guy's lunch. Their right tackle was in trouble the entire period where the starters were out there. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I was going to say, like when it was twos versus twos, even ones versus ones, but whatever. Twos versus twos, I think that shows the difference between like we're an upper echelon team and you're this bottom feeder. <laughs> well, yeah. Because our twos should eat your twos alive because we have the better depth. Oh, yeah. And not even to three and four, but like our twos alone. If, so if we have an injury, got a guy that can step up and actually do the job and not just fill a, a hole. And they get run over by some D end or some D tackle. What is frustrating is seeing Boogie Basham have that day and AJ Epinesa is just kind of languishing. Mm-hmm. And it, it, Chris, does it concern you? Like, I always think of Drew Stafford, and I wonder if AJ Epinesa isn't that guy. So the he's going to have a breakout season? When there's pressure on him, the dude comes out with 30 goals. That goes across Do all sports. Do you want to pay AJ Epinesa when he gets us like 10 sacks? No! Are you going to pay? Are you going to believe in that? Yes. I want to believe in it. I want to fuck him into the fucking sun. I also don't want to pay you. I want him to leave. I want us to... I want... You know what I want? Tag and trade. We'll fucking tag you and then trade you. Dick. I'll still... I'll never forgive him for us not having J.K. Dobbins. Never. I will never get over this. He wouldn't have blown his knees out with us. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah. That's a tough one. He'd have won you a fantasy championship. My favorite thing is still, to this day, is him going fucking nuts on social media after the Ravens lose their playoff game because Tyler Huntley, they call a goal line sneak instead of just giving it to J.K. Dobbins and letting him punch it in for a touchdown. I got Lex to start watching the league. We binged through the whole thing. And then when Marshawn had his moment, when he's like, just bring me the beer. And he's like, no, I'll throw it to you. And he's like, just walk it over to him, bro. I'd explain the whole, like, Super Bowl thing to her. <laughs> but you know how when you're like, you're like, this is a, qu-. I was like, you have to watch this. This is hilarious. This is why this is funny. And you know when Larissa asks you a question and then eight seconds later, she tunes you out. Yep. But you go for like six minutes. Yep. I stopped and I was like, "You don't care. You don't care." She's about like, this. "I don't care." I'm like, don't <laughs> ask. Don't ask me. I love that we do. Don't this. ask me, Chris. Do you ever get into that, like, with Jess about sports, or do you just not talk to her about it? Uh, well, you know, there's this new thing on the internet called the Immaculate Grid. Yes. Oh, it's wonderful. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm addicted to the, the baseball ones. Ho- so hockey. I like look at her. And I'll go, hey, do you know anyone that played for Dallas and the Islanders? And she'll look at me and go, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like all of our girls need I don't care t-shirts or something. We need it. Chris, let's get them. It seems like all of our conversations end with I don't care. We need to get them shirts to just say I don't care, semicolon, and then just a list of things. Yeah. Hashtag sports. Like, that's it. (laughs) But the Bills D-line really did look good. Now, the question is... The, the Steelers don't have a great offensive line. I want to see them keep that going. And if Leonard Floyd's going to get out on the field, I'm interested to see what that looks like this mm-hmm. week. 
you know, they're going to put these guys out there. I want to see if they can take what is a pretty average. Chris, you want to Google uh, our lads, Steelers? Um, I want to see what it looks like when guys like Floyd and Rousseau can rush the passer together. When you're putting Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver on the field at the same time with those two, and you're just letting them loose, what does it look like when you're going up against, I don't know who the fuck Dan Moore is. He's their left tackle. Although Broderick Jones, the rookie, I feel like at this point, if you took, uh, they took him at the end of the first. Maybe he's not. First round pick, 23, first round. I know Broderick Jones was actually drafted in the middle. Yeah. Middle of the first round. You have to start him, right? If you you get, okay, do you believe that if you're drafted in the first round above pick like 25, you have to start? Depends on who's drafting you. If you're picking above 25, chances are you're, eh. Yeah. So, so Broderick Jones, the rookie, is probably starting. So you have a rookie. I mean, you, that's the goal. And that's, I guess, the, of, the thing. If you're like, camp, if he sucks, you're not going to throw him out there. So I'm interested to see how this looks with a potential rookie left tackle. But I want to see him get lit up, Isaac though. Suamalo, that's a good one, right? Like, that's a good one. This in is when you wish Vaughn like, was playing so he could, he could have that welcome to the NFL moment with that guy. Floyd's no slouch. No, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying, like, you get you get a dude up against the rookie. Cole Mason, I, I Mason Cole, Cole Mason, who gives you shit? Don't trust him. He's got two for James teams. Daniels. You can't be James and Daniels. I feel like it's James Daniel or what? I, I don't know. That just seems weird. Jimmy D. Jimmy D. <laughs> uh, Chukamwa Okafor or Korafor. I know that name. He's been around for a long time. I don't know what kind of a starter is. Chris, most of the Raven Clark, like, they're they're quietly a really bad offensive line, aren't they, when you look at this? Yeah, looks like it. I'm looking through the depth chart. I'm like, I, yeah, I know a lot. I don't guys. know these people. <laughs> yeah, I don't so, know any of these guys. So I guess that's what I'm looking for this week. Is All right, this, Levi Wallace. This, yeah, <laughs> look at they're, you. They're already talking about potentially trading him. Like, I that's mean, how bad things are going for him there. He's used to it. He gets burned. He gets beat up last year by Gabe Davis and his return to Buffalo, and now he's talked about being traded. All I know is, is that watching the depth on display from our backups, Kingsley Jonathan making plays, they just I love what we've cultivated on the D-line. Mm-hmm. They've done an, an, an Eli Anku making just train-wrecking stops. When you got McDermott, McDermott this year's calling the plays. So, like, this is his baby. This is his baby. Well, and it's funny you say that, Chris, because uh, Sean McDermott is this week's Hero of the Week. Don't take it personally, all right? Franchise star players are a lot like Highlanders. There can only be one. <laughs> Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott. <laughs> when people talked about the idea that McDermott was going to be taking over the play calling, there was a lot of expressed concern. People talked about this like it was, well, I don't know, how is he going to run the team? and not. I don't know, because Leslie Frazier, blah, blah, blah. It's like, guys, do you recognize the fact that he got here for a reason? He's decoordinated two Super Bowl defenses. I was going to say, people forget where he came from yeah. and the team that they had that year. The fucked up thing is, how did him and Andy Reid together, knowing how good they both are at their jobs, how did they not win a Super Bowl? It's the NFL, man. Like, they had Donovan McNabb in his prime. You had T.O. On a broken that's leg. The, that's the, Donovan McNabb in his prime and Terrell Owens in his prime. Andy Reid at head coach. Like, you, this is the Bills. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the Bills. T.O. and the, McNabb didn't like each other, though. Or I should say McNabb didn't like T.O. 
Who gives a fuck? I don't know. He still threw him 100 yards a game. The most talented players in their prime. Great coaching. Great coordinating. You still couldn't get a Super Bowl. That, more than anything else, should tell people how fucking hard it is to win this league. Oh, for sure. But I digress. Leslie Frazier, very well thought of coach. When he left, there was a lot of concern. I was anxious to see if he was going to bring back some of the aggressiveness in the defenses that the Eagles had and that the Carolina Panthers had those years they went to the Super Bowl. Not disappointed. No, they sent some good good blitzes off the edge that first half. There was a couple good. I got them on my phone. I'm not, I'm not about to look at my notes. No. Though. But there was a couple of good plays there where I literally had to write down. I was like, McDermott, Colin defense, stewing up the blitzes that he wants to stew up. So when you look at them by comparison to the people they played against, now I'm going to correct myself from earlier. You know, I'm fact-checking myself in real time. The Bills had 16 pressures, not 19. I know, I now know why that number was seared in my brain. 16 pressures, 10 hurries, 2 hits, and 4 sacks for the Bills. Good game. Indy had 9 pressures, 3 sacks, and 3 hurries. If you go through the rest of the AFC East and how they did this week in the preseason... Because we're all doing the same thing, relatively. We're all playing backups. So everyone who says, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Playing a high school offensive line. Yeah. <laughs> so Miami has 11 pressures, three sacks. New England, 11 pressures, one sack. The New York Jets, 19 pressures and six sacks playing against the high school offensive line that Carolina decided they're going to roll into the season Disgusting. with. With their How number you- one pick behind center. That's what are you point. doing? You don't. He's already too small. Chris, that's why they didn't start Josh Allen, or at least want to in 2018. They knew their offensive line was garbage. Did you watch Hard Knocks? No, I don't watch that. Well, it's, you should, because it's football and it's fun. But anyway, Quentin Williams, right? Mm-hmm. During their joint practice before the preseason game, mm-hmm. dude, he is putting work every every play. Sack, sack. And he's not hitting the quarterback. So <laughs> you don't know. He's like, sack, sack, hurry, hurry, pressure. Like every... And, it's cut, so it looks better than it is. But, dude, every single one. He goes on the sidelines to his coach. He's like, I got 10 sacks that rep. Got 10 sacks that rep. I don't think he was over-exaggerating. But the problem is, is does that mean he's the best D-tackle since uh, Warren Sapp? No. Or the best offensive no. lineman since Warren Sapp? Or does that mean that their offensive line might have a problem? Well, that. <laughs> the, kid's a, the kid's a stud. You can't take that away from him. But at the same time, I don't know if you saw the video of uh, Brian Burns pulling the uh, spin move on what's his nuts? The, yes, uh, the for Becton. Yep, dude, he played him like a fiddle. It's there, there's a lot of problems there. And it's <laughs> funny, Chris. It's funny that they pra- they canceled the joint practices. Yeah, yeah I'm seeing it on Twitter. Like, so, already, so here's what I lo- too much. Well, here's what I love about it. They go, we scheduled this in March. Now all of a sudden we don't want to do it. So it obviously has to do with hard knocks. They go. Well, we're going to do one joint practice that's not recorded-ish or like, like some limited footage will be out there on HBO, but we're not doing two because it gives us too big of a window to expose ourselves and look bad. Do you look that's, bad enough? That's the only thing I can think of. It's you the only thing enough. I can think of because otherwise you don't screw another team over like that and strand them in your city with nowhere to practice. You just don't do that. But beyond the aggression of the defense... There was a lot of philosophy that I nuanced philosophy that I don't know who else maybe picked up on this. First of all, flexibility and approach. I'm happy it happened here. Shane Steichen's no slouch. There's a reason that he got the head coaching job in Indy. When they let Frank Reich go, they said, hey, we wanted an offensive mind. You're just not the offensive mind we thought we were getting. Uh, It shouldn't shock anybody that 
after two drives where the Bills' defensive line was just fucking terrorized. The pass rush was all over the Colts' offense. They couldn't do anything. Anthony Richards throws a pick. They come out the next one. They get stuffed on fourth down. They go, okay, fine. Fuck you. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to screen pass you to death. And they did it. And mm-hmm. they moved the football. And you watched it start to happen because that's... And just gashing our defense with this screen game. There's that Hall kid, too, the running back. Yeah, who's was, fast. I was like, like I don't even know who the fuck this is guy kinda, is. And, like, literally, it was the whole drive. Yep. And it wasn't just him, but, like, he was the catalyst of, like... The defense getting in the box or whatever they were doing, I was at that point. I wasn't really paying attention. If you look on Pro Football Focus at the passing grid and where the yardage was accumulated, every single one of the Colts quarterbacks produced the bulk of their yardage either behind the line of scrimmage or less than ten yards downfield because they were taking advantage of the aggression of Sean McDermott's defense. Now I'm happy that this happened here. And that he got to see how an opponent is go, especially smart coaches, when you got are going to pivot when they go, oh, you're punching me in the mouth over here. Well, I have a counter punch and it's this. How are you going to respond? You're going to have to have an answer. And sure enough, they did. He mm-hmm. started running simulated pressures. He started having linebackers come to the line of scrimmage and then drop out to the flat or drop out and hover in space in a shallow zone and just picking up those short passes. And inevitably, the Colts offense just kind of, I mean, they scored a touchdown. They had one good drive with Gardner Minshew. They had a pick six. They had a field goal drive. What else did they have? If it wasn't for that drive at the end of the second, first half, yeah. that would have been, they, it would have looked way worse for them. So I'm happy that McDermott got to see that because now the idea was you threw what you're kind of, this is going to be the DNA of our defense. And they came back with a counter, a smart guy said, Hey, I've got a, I've got a fast guy here. I've got some decent blockers here. I'm going to hurt you with this. And McDermott said, okay, I see it. I see you. All right, pivot. I have, I also have a counter punch. And that's encouraging if he's not only going to be the guy running the team and running things throughout the week, but also on game days, he's going to have a headset on Mm -hmm. making those defensive play calls. And then that savvy on the decision making for the penalty where it's like, oh, they have two fouls, two fouls on the offense. It You could make them run it again and then it would be like because it was already going to be third and 18. Mm -hmm. But instead, you could back them up and make them like second and 28. Yeah. Fuck you. What are you 18 do? yards is hard to yeah. get on my defense. You, yeah. Kiss my ass. Yeah. Get it. And you're not. And we held them to a field goal and then they missed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many did they miss? Three, two, two, three. I just, I like that. I, I, I like that. And I like the fact that he thought about that and said, I like my percentages. Do you think that game was like college football week one game for McDermott alone? Yes. Like the team themselves had to do what they needed to do and put stuff on tape and do their assignments but for mcdermott he's like fuck it well do you we're know gonna, the, he's like i'm just gonna it's like when you're playing mad and you're like fuck it off. we're just gonna we're just gonna run it think Let's about the everybody. rust you have to knock off after not having called defensive plays for your football team in six years mm-hmm. like i'm sure that this was a learning experience for mcdermott too mm-hmm. and i like the way he handled it that's the one thing though that i wish we had a middle linebacker yes that's got the mic in not the mic he's got the yeah the headphones so in. McDermott could talk. Yeah, he's got the he's got the green dot, and him and McDermott can be on the same page. The last thing that I liked was the j- just the contempt that he had for our penalties. Like he was cold. He was cold as ice about it. 
in his post game presser. In fact, here I'll give you the Montucky. Hey, you give me that Utica Club. It's not that bad. Give man. me a taste. No, they're not bad. You'd have tasted a lot of Utica Club if you stuck around on Swigo. <laughs> you mean if I didn't set a land speed record for getting thrown out of college? That's the fastest anybody's ever not gotten a one point <laughs> Chris, have you? What did you get in college? What's the lowest GPA you ever had? I have no idea what my GPA was. I did. He never got a letter that said he had to do better I, or he's going to leave. <laughs> oh, I didn't even get that letter. I just got the letter that said you did so badly. You're just out. And I got the letter. <laughs> that, I got no- the letter that was like, listen, your roommate, <laughs> bad influence on you. Not all the time, but you <laughs> you allowed it to happen. Do I only letter. did two semesters of college. I did one at Truett McConnell in Cleveland, Georgia, and then I did another semester at Georgia Perimeter, which is the equivalent to uh, ECC. And I didn't like it. And then I went to broadcasting school so I could do all this. That was a thing? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't go to college. Well, that's my point. You wanted to work at the newspaper, so this is a me and Chris conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Chimes. Drew's got a podcast. He went to school to be a news writer. I thought I was going to be a news writer, and then I realized there's no money in it, so I fucking took a hard right. No, tell the truth. You saw how much fun we were all having over in the radio. And oh, no, like, the radio is fun. You were like, let's both. go over here. And then I got out in the real world and was like, wait a minute, you're going to pay me $12 an hour to be a copy editor? Mm-hmm. I could, I literally make more than that now working at McDonald's. I'll just keep doing that, I guess. And then you're like, oh. And that's how they get you. And you're like, oh, fuck, now what? Yeah. What did I do this for? So with that in mind, like, the fact that Sean McDermott was not having any of the bullshit about these penalties, like, real content, tangible contempt for him, I'm a huge fan of that. I like the fact that it's like, listen, we're a championship caliber team. No, I'm not even going to be like, because some coaches would have taken the high road and gone, eh, you know, it's preseason, we're still working out the kinks. Instead, he's just like, no, it's unacceptable. Yeah. Good. Set the standard now so that our players can get used to it, especially the young guys. Mm-hmm. Get your shit together. Listen, the faster you... There was a play Ed Oliver was in the backfield already before the snap, and he still didn't make a play on the ball carrier. It's dumb, but the, what fast, the, fuck? the faster you get shit figured out, the faster your team's going to be running full, full throttle. That's it. And it's just like any other team coming back from a Super Bowl, big-time team, AFC, NFC Championship, whatever. You assume that team's got it figured out going into the offseason. Yeah. So besides injury or you losing like a big piece of your team, so when you, see you should whole, have the same team coming back yet better because you got another year in the system. You so got, when you see a whole defense just being sloppy like that, he's like, all right, fuck this. Yeah. I bet you he's been eating their asses all week long. And when he got when he when he got rid of uh, D coordinator. He didn't Leslie, get rid Leslie. of him. Leslie Frederick stepped away. Okay. Yeah, he stepped <laughs> okay. away on his own accord. Yeah. He was like, listen, we talked. You're going to retire after this year, next year. Listen. I got this. It's interesting. I got it's, this. It's interesting. And I was talking to my contractual gangster of a GM, and if we get rid of your salary, we can do some things. Well, <laughs> here's what I know. Sean McDermott was the high end of the week. You know who was the low point for me? Fucking quarterback Kyle Allen. You folks fell on your face. You get an F minus in my book. It wasn't the high passes to wide receivers that they had to constantly jump for or like stop their route to catch. It wasn't the fact that he didn't throw a touchdown. Wasn't the fact that Matt Dar- Barkley just blew the fucking doors off you, oh. statistically. Matt Barkley threw the ball, and it blew my mind. They both threw 15 passes. Barkley had 14 completions. What? Four, 
I'm not going to lie. I was going to come in here being like, yo, Josh Allen, trade him. <laughs> Two firsts. We <laughs> got our quarterback. Your he's, been behind, he's been behind Josh Allen for years. <laughs> 14 completions, over 90%, or 14 completions, which makes him over 90%, two touchdowns. He made Kyle Allen look like Woody Allen. Like just some fuck. We still don't have a backup. Some fucking Let's sm- be real. Here's what I like. Josh goes down for a game. But it wasn't those things that made me turn on Kyle Allen. The moment that I said, fuck this guy, fire him into the sun, slam the door shut on the idea, was the play where the pocket's collapsing. There's nothing there. You're you're six yards, seven yards deep in the pocket, and there's two guys on you actively grabbing at you. And instead of just chucking the ball out of bounds, instead of just saying, listen, I'll tuck it and eat the sack. We'll live to fight another day. He pulls this fucking Barishnikov move and just pirouettes away and then throws the ball to Latavius Murray, who has no fucking idea it's coming because he's never seen a quarterback do something this stupid. So, of course, he doesn't think the ball's coming to him. So he panic catches it and then himself tries not to get smoked. Yeah, he almost died. And then gets like four yards of the seven yards that asshole lost back before getting tackled for a two-yard loss. It didn't matter. And I said to myself, that right there... That's when you just drop it on purpose. Like, <laughs> you... Well, that's it. If like, he had, that would have been the like, smartest play. You, you see that time from time, too. Drop like, it. they're just like, nope. But nope. the way he threw it, you, as a running back, you don't know if that if you drop it, is well, it a fumble? Listen, who... Did he who throw make, it backwards? Who, who, makes throw those, who makes those throws, though? Like, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, but this is Burrow, my And this is my point. Aaron Rodgers. Like, you ain't got that guy. He's not expecting that ball. And that's my point. Understand who you are as a Right there, that is a wild lack of composure. And worse, an, a misunderstanding of your own fucking limitations. The limitations of gravity, of reality, of just what the sport of football is. He clearly never did that once in practice. Ever. Yeah! Ever. Because if I feel like any NFL player, receiver-wise, you catch a weird pass, a weird angle, a no-look for the first time, hits you in the face mask, they're like, no, I do that. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, so my head's on a swivel at all times. I don't just run routes. Like, I might get some crazy-ass pass. D- do you know who gets away with a play like that? You just said it. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. You know who gets himself and everyone around him run over with that? Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. <laughs> uh, the worst part is people think I'm being too hard on him for one play. If we put take that play and insert that into week four, when Kyle Allen has to come in because Josh Allen gets dinged up for a drive, and he pulls that shit on the is field. Is he our backup, though? No, well, then that's my point. Because Steve Tasker made me think that Josh Allen likes him, and he just helps him understand the system because he's got a buddy to talk to. I understand that when I saw that play, this is not a guy that I'm comfortable turning loose with our offense in the regular season when things actually matter. And they don't let Barkley throw the ball in the regular season. Well, look. So if he plays, you know Cook's getting all the touches. Barkley not only looked more composed, but here's what's also telling. When the team finally let Josh Allen call the place for a drive, it wasn't with Kyle Allen. It was with Matt Barkley, right? And then the drive resulted in a touchdown because the two of them have this weird, like, friendship thing going on. It's like stepbrothers over there. (laughs) If you throw the box score away for a second, Josh Allen and Matt Barkley celebrating a touchdown drive that Josh called for Barkley. Like, it's me and Bob K after a softball game when we've each had, like, six bush lights. (laughs) Like... 
it's not just the success, like the backup quarterback's job is to prep the starter. Sounding board, voice in the film room, veteran presence. Extra set of eyes. You mean to tell me those two don't have a vibe that him and Kyle Allen don't? They've been on the same team for... Okay, and that's Shit, my po- but that's my point. Oh, no, for sure. And so with this in mind, maybe Kyle Allen does something dramatic over the next two weeks that Listen. changes this to here. But it's going to get harder as Josh starts getting into the fold like he will against Pittsburgh this week. Mm-hmm. So now your reps are limited, and I wouldn't be shocked if they give Barkley the nod over Kyle Allen this week just to kind of flip things and see how it goes when he plays with a little bit better talent. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, this was Kyle Allen's first and best opportunity to make a case. Allen's a roster spot, too. You fell on your face. You get an F-minus in my book. That's it. Like, I've I've never heard someone more fitting of that description. I just want a backup quarterback that can win. Like, listen, if Josh goes out for six weeks, I ain't even looking for 500. It's probably the season for most teams. You need a quarterback that can come in and win you a game. Yeah. Like you said on a previous podcast. One or two ago, you were like, if your defense comes out, you're talking about Tua with Elf. Like if Tua goes down, your defense balls out. You better win that game. Yep. Unless for some crazy reason, somebody else blows it. But if the quarterback <laughs> just can't get it done, like you got to be able to win that one game. Mm-hmm. Yep. What happens when it's in the playoffs? You said how many how many backup quarterbacks started in the playoffs last year? Three. Three. Yeah. Chris, Chris the Colts. They need to call fucking Nick Foles, don't they? Yeah, bro, call somebody. Just call somebody. I, Case, or, who is it? Chase Daniel? Chase He's Daniel? There. Who knows? Dude, I, laugh, I laugh so hard. when Charlie you're, Whitehurst? Iman's like, oh, Matt Ryan, what's he doing? And you're like, he's gone. He's like, oh, who picked him up? CBS. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this week we're going to be playing in Pittsburgh. It's, it's one of those things where Pittsburgh's a tough physical team. They always have been. It's baked into their DNA. They've had three coaches since I was born. Noel... Cower, Noel, Cower, Tomlin. Tomlin. That's it. Three coaches in my lifetime. In that time, Pittsburgh is toughness. Pittsburgh's team is a smash mouth team. You're going to go in there. They're going to try to bring it. They're going to bring that energy. They're going to bring a brand of physicality. That's what their team is. You don't get to play for them if you don't have it. At the same time, our football team is kind of trying to, I don't know, they're fucking fist-fighting each other in practice left and right. Josh Allen has to pull out the dad driving the van energy, which is one of the funniest (laughs) things I've seen. I want to see them bring that intensity to this next game. Go show that you're ready to go punch another physical team in the mouth. When are we going to see the whole, like, all the ones? (sighs) It's weird now, right? Hopefully never. Without four games? Well, Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, Saturday, because I'll tell you this. I bet you if if they're talking, if reports are correct... And they are talking about playing them for a full quarter. You will not see them week three. Listen, if you're cooking after one and a half drive, two drives, I'll give you the second toddy. You're cooking after two, you're out, bro. Like I done. Yeah, get off the yeah. fucking field before cool. something bad. You got happens. it. You answered my question, guys. I can't wait to see how the next week goes and who else I can criticize and make fun of, like Anthony Richardson being taught. Like, you heard that stat line at the top of the show. They're talking about articles about how, like, oh, he showed his superstar potential. What, because he stiff-armed a guy in the open field and threw a wild pick? <laughs> yeah, because he, th- he threw a dot that uh, I think Trey White said no to. Was it Trey White? No. Yeah. Who do you, no, he threw the dot to Pierce, but yeah. somebody knocked it away. It was a good throw. Somebody good punched defense, that throw. ball out. And well, they, they, the announcers kept saying he should have caught that, and I go, no, he just catch that. You're a fucking. Like, what do you? I get, I get the Colts and why you drafted him, and he's 
that guy, he's... It's going to be Josh Hill's rookie year. Superstar potential. Talk to me about it next season, because this year it's going to be rough. He's going to die. I just love the fact that we get another opportunity to finally not not just measure up against another AFC team. We, we obviously measure better than the Colts. The Colts are supposed to be bad. Pittsburgh's an up-and-coming team. They're aggressive, but apparently we're aggressive. I want to see it. I can't wait. Hopefully nothing terrible happens between now and then. But for right now, we got to get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. It's James Potter. And this has been your Rock Power Report. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.